0: Hey, beloved, welcome to another chapter of the Book of Sean. It's good to see you, people. How was your weekend? What did you do? Hope you didn't get in any trouble. And if you did, you know, just pray, call a lawyer. It is going to be a great show today. My brother, Claudia, is here. We're going to have a great conversation about love and the journey, right? Because, you know, listen, love ain't easy, okay? Relationships are not easy. And, and it, listen, it's easy to find somebody. It's a lot harder to find somebody who's right for you, especially after you've gone through the experience of having people not be right for you. Come on now. Talk to me, people. And we've all been there. If you are grown, you know what I'm talking about. Now, if you're a little kid, you just sit there and look. All the grown folks know what I mean, right? You set out trying to love somebody, trying to give somebody your best and trying to do right by people or try to have people do right by you. And if somebody blows it all up. Well, after somebody's blown up your heart, how do you get back out there and say, you know what? I'm gonna give love another chance. Well, my, my brother Claudie is here because that in part, I haven't described it exactly, but in part that's that's his journey. And I wanna encourage him to go to greater heights and new levels in his sense of himself and his sense of what he can still have, because I believe in love people, okay? And love ain't always been kind to me either. (laughs) But I still believe in it, okay? I'm holding on to it. I want to encourage him to do the same. But first, I want to listen to his heart. And I want you to hear his journey, his story. Because in listening to him, you might be listening to yourself. Come on. Hot grease already. We're going to do some Ask Dr. Sean. We got some great headlines for you. Hiley's not here. Vicente, play the bumper. My brothers and sisters, let's talk about Lieutenant Governor Mark Robinson, okay? Everybody settle in because this story is going to be kind of interesting. That's him right there. And you'll notice a few things about him that we shall return to in a second. Well, Mark Robinson, who is the Lieutenant Governor of, uh, you know, of, what is it, South Carolina? Um, He apparently writes in a new book, this is what he wrote, uh, that schools should demand proficiency in reading and in writing and math in grades one through five, but he believes that we do not need to teach social studies and we don't need to be teaching science and we don't need to be talking about equality, equity, or social justice. That's what Mark Robinson believes, and he wrote it in the book. So this isn't conjecture. I didn't say he allegedly believes it. This is what he wrote in the book. Now, allegedly he wrote the book, so I'm assuming it's what he thinks. that we don't need science. We don't need social studies. Now. If you noticed at the beginning of this little part of the story, of the show, of the section, Mark Robinson is black. (laughs) That's it right there. He's black. And not surprisingly, he is a Republican. Because this tends to be what black Republicans do. Come up with all kinds of shenanigans because they need to prove that they're Republicans to the Republicans. But I don't have time for that. A black man living in America does not believe that kids should learn science or talk about social justice or equality or equity. What in the hell is going on? (laughs) What? People, okay, just in case you guys don't know where I stand on this, let me help you. So basically, Mark Robertson does not want, he does not want kids to think critically. He wants them to learn how to read and learn how to count. Right. And that's it. Because God forbid a kid does critical thinking because a a critical a kid who can think critically is a threat to an adult who doesn't want the kid to think at all. When you just want to produce kids who do what you say and obey whatever your word is and see the world the way you see it, then you don't want kids thinking critically. You don't want no social studies. You you, You don't want them to talk about 16, 19. Come on now. You don't want them to talk about Ella Baker, James Baldwin, Martin King, Malcolm X, Don't Play People, the honorable Marcus Garvey. You don't want, you don't want them learning about that. Because you learn about Marcus Garvey and you might mess around and get some dignity. <laughs> get some self-respect. He don't want that. He thinks he learn how to read, learn how to count, learn how to say yes, a boss. <laughs> That's how draconian this is. Come on, man. And I would say that Mark Robinson is an embarrassment to the race, but he's really an embarrassment to the Republican Party, to the history of the Republican Party. Because you guys do know, wait for it, Martin Luther King was a Republican. Yeah, you didn't see that coming, did you? Dr. King was a Republican for most of his life, as most black people were in in the 40s, 50s, and 60s. And let's just be very clear, Dr. King clearly had social studies in his classroom. He clearly had conversations about equality, equity and justice. And thank God that he did, because where would the world be if Dr. King had been in a school that only taught him how to read and how to write, but didn't take him out of think, didn't teach him how to think. I got I got to get off this. But, Claudia, bear witness for me. Watch people who liked you better when you were dumb. Watch people who liked you better when you didn't know nothing and you couldn't think critically because these are the people that cannot be trusted. The Honorable Malcolm X said that the only person who likes it better when the sheep don't get smart is a wolf trying to make them his meal. And you need to watch people who preferred you when you were ignorant and when you are compliant and obedient. People who can't celebrate you when you come into new levels of insight are people who cannot absolutely be trusted. You know, education uh, education without science is like religion. it's like church without theology. It's like music without rhythm. You follow me. It's like poetry without the words. It's like politics without principles. And the reality is if you have one without the other, you probably have a lie. Okay, let's move on, because I was going to cuss and then lose all my salvation and get a call later mark Robinson. let's talk about mountain climbing now when claudia comes on i'm gonna ask him if he ever done any mountain climbing okay but this story this story is from my producer jocelyn jackson who's always hiking in some mountain somewhere black people hiking when did this happen y'all so free y'all hiking now huh listen to this jocelyn jackson and all the people out there who are hiking who are black brown white whatever you are listen from now on, anyone who wants to climb Europe's highest mountain, Mont Blanc, I said it just like they say it in Old France, will soon have to put up $15,000 deposit to cover any possible rescue or funeral costs. <laughs> under a new plan put out by the mayor, Jean-Marc Pilet. So the the Jean Jean-Marc Pilet, that's him right there. He has said that there are too many inexperienced climbers coming to Mount Blanc and they're not qualified to climb and they end up needing to be rescued and they end up gambling them, gambling rather their lives. And some of them end up dying. And the mayor believes that if you want to gamble with your life and end up climbing a mountain on a really hot day and almost dying, the French people should not have to pay for it. They should not have to pay for your stupidity. So the man has put out a bill that said, before you can climb the highest mountain in Europe, you got to put up 15 grand.
1: <laughs>
0: oh, I think this is so funny. You know why I think this is funny? I tell you why I think this is funny because there ain't nothing in me that tells me I need to climb a mountain. OK, I am from Brooklyn. <laughs> I lived in Harlem and there, there is nothing in me. Nothing in me at night says, you know what, Sean, you ought to climb a mountain before you die nothing. (laughs) I don't understand what you people get out of this. Climbing some high, dangerous mountain where you're going to almost die. I don't know what the joy is in that. Okay. I don't tell me people educate me. I am what I may be Dr. Sean, but I'm willing to learn. That's what I do. I want to learn. I don't get this. You ain't going to never, you ain't going to never hear that Dr. Sean Henderson McMillan died falling off a mountain. Never going to happen. I'm not getting up there. But listen, I think what the mayor is doing is instructive, not just for climbing mountains. Okay, because before you get into something, listen, here's the wisdom. You ready? Before you get into something, you really should count the cost. Before before you get into a job or a relationship or a friendship, listen to what the mayor is doing. Make sure you understand what it's going to cost you to do that. And don't just think about the best case scenarios. Think about the worst case scenario. Think about the worst case scenario and then ask yourself, do I still want to be connected to this person? Do I still want to take this job? Do I still want to engage in this? Don't just think about how it's going to go well. And I know you're saying, Dr. Sean, nobody thinks about the divorce at the wedding, but they should. (laughs) Teach, Dr. Sean, they should think about divorce at the wedding. Because if you can think about the divorce at your wedding and still marry the person, you might have a chance. At not getting divorced So I need to move on because I'm running out of time but let me just say this very clearly okay very clearly people will often come to your funeral but they won't come to your rescue so it's your job to plan to save your life by thinking ahead of what of what you're about to do into all the possible scenarios to make sure it's still worth it because there's a lot of us watching right now a lot of people on the sound of my voice who wish they had asked a few more questions before they let somebody sleep next to them at night. That's good. (laughs) Oh, my God, I'm running out of time. Okay, let me do this really quick. Um, You guys know this this kind of show where I try to make sure people feel great when it's over. And even my guests, right, I want them to to tell me their stories and I try to, you know, push them to greater levels of who they might be. But I love a good hero story. And there's an Uber driver. um, His name is... Fritz Sam. Fritz Sam was a passenger. He was driving rather a passenger. That's him right there. He was driving a passenger from Brooklyn to LaGuardia Airport in Queens when he noticed uh, that people uh, in pajamas were outside gulking and looking up at a building. And uh, Mr. Sam thought that the building th- th- thought that it was a fight because, you know, people stand around and watch, especially in Brooklyn. <laughs> people, people, people will stand around and watch a good fight. You know what I'm saying? But then he realized, no, they weren't gawking because there was a fight. There was, the building was on fire. The smoke was billowing out the building. So Mr. Fritz Sam's asked his passenger, he has a passenger in his Uber. He asked the passenger, do you mind if I pull over and go in this building and see if people need help? And the passenger, who's trying to catch a plane, by the way, says no problem. He gets out the, he gets out the car and he's in that, in that building for six minutes Leading people out the building who lived there who would have otherwise died were it not for Fritz Sam. First of all, shout out to Fritz Sam for giving a damn that a building was on fire. Because that ain't easy to do in New York, okay? I'm from New York, born and raised in New York. I know I could talk about us. A building could be floating in the air and New Yorkers would just walk right by it like nothing is happening because we got somewhere to go. (laughs) So shout out to this brother, you know, who cared. First of all, second of all, shout out to the passenger for thinking that saving a life was more important than catching a flight. I'm done. Really. You know how good that was. Shout out to the passenger and shout out to both of these people for not being selfish because we live in a world. where Everybody thinks it's all about them. Everybody wants to get attention and be noticed and be likes and famous and all of that. And there's so few people left in the world who care about the fact that somebody else's house is on fire. And we need to start caring that somebody else's house is on fire, because let me promise you one thing. If the house next to you is on fire, I promise you yours will be, too, eventually. If nobody comes to put it out. We, we, our our coaches become so narcissistic and selfish that it's unsettling how much people only think about themselves. That's why people cheat, because they only think about themselves. That's why people lie, because they're only thinking about themselves. That's why people are low down and dirty and underhanded, because they're only thinking about themselves. They claim to be wanting to protect you. I lied because I love you. A lie is not an indication of love. Don't get me started. Shout out to all the people watching right now who are generous and kind, and who, when they see other people in trouble, care about the fact that those people are in trouble and don't need to get anything out of it. They just want other people to live. And maybe we should stop trying to be famous, by the way, and start trying to be better people. Oh, here's my last one. Claudia, this is my last one, and I'm bringing you out after the break. We're going to have a great talk, me and you. This story is insane. So parents at a Southwest Missouri school were notified recently that the school board has adopted, listen to this, a new policy in June allowing the use of physical force as a method of correcting student behavior. Now, if English is a challenge for you, let me interpret. The school board let the parents know that starting this school year, they can beat your kids. Yes, with a paddle. They're bringing back paddling in schools. Oh, my God. And so according to the new policy, staff will be allowed to use reasonable physical force without a chance of bodily injury or harm. And their teachers will and the principal will also have to send a report to the superintendent of schools about the reasoning behind the beating. So you, you, you guys remember when, when your parents used to say to you, back in my day, back in my day, they would, they would spank you in school. Well, guess what? Apparently in Missouri, conservatives, they got to be conservative. <laughs> they have to be Republicans. They're bringing about beat, beating kids in school. You don't have your homework. Beaten. <laughs> now, listen, 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 listen. I, I, I don't I don't mean to make this racial, um, but but I, I, I want to put it in racial terms so you can get the force of this. Can you imagine your your black kid or brown kid coming home and telling you that some white teacher? Beat them for correcting a behavior that a black teacher could correct with words. You would be okay with that? There's some white teachers in there beating your black kid? Or your brown kid? Or your white kid, for that matter? If you're a little slow, let me help you. The answer to what you should be saying is, hell no, I'm not okay with that. Ain't nobody beating my kid but me. <laughs> what is going on in the world, people, okay? You, you better not put no paddle on my kid. No, 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 no. We brought back corporal punishment to correct kids. Here's the last thing I'm going to say about it. I'm going to take this break. Missouri, I got some information for you. You ready? Kids ain't the same like they were when I was a kid. Or like my my mama was a kid. Or my grandmama was a kid. These kids ain't the same kind of kids, okay? Because you're going to mess around and paddle one of these kids, and that kid's going to snatch that paddle, and he's going to hit you back. And when he does, I'm going to call Ben Crump to represent him. Because I think if you hit me, I got the right to hit you back. But good luck with whatever y'all trying to do, okay? I just don't think it's going to work out the way you think it will. If I were you, I wouldn't hit the kids, okay? Let me leave that alone. We'll be right back. (laughs) Go to break! Welcome back, everybody. Um, before I bring out Claudia, I neglected to mention during the Uber guy r- running into the building that the passengers still made their flight. That's important, right? That's an important part of the story. All, right, all, right, all right, I'm done with that. Um, my brother is here and he's had a journey with love. He's had a journey with marriage um, and more. And wait till you hear it. You're going to be able to relate to it. You'll be inspired by it. You're going to learn from it. Claudia's going to be our teacher tonight. And he's going to be a student and a teacher all at once. Because on this show, you get to play all parts. Welcome to the show tonight, my dear brother, Claudie. What's up, man? How are you? I'm good. I love your energy and your face.
1: Hey, man. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for having me, man. This is awesome. And and the hot topics today. I, I'm not going to lie. You had me cracking up today.
0: <laughs> I love you already. <laughs> Anybody? Hold on, Clardy. Anybody who laughs at my jokes? I love them. Yes, I love your soul, my brother.
1: Listen, they weren't all jokes though. Like, this is real stuff happening, so.
0: Facts, facts, it is it is. facts. So listen, let's get into it, okay? Cause I wanna run out of time and I wanna, I wanna work through your, your interesting and amazing story. Um, Cause we're here to talk about relationships and love and marriage and what happens when things don't often work out. How do you sort of make yourself live beyond um, what you've been through, right? Um, But I want to ask you just a foundational question. Did you always want to be married? Because I never did, and I don't. (laughs) So check this out. The funniest thing is, is
1: I'm Haitian. I'm from Brooklyn too, you know, and I'm Haitian and my family's from Haiti. We believe in love. We believe in, we don't believe that you should be going through things alone. Mm. We don't believe that you should literally go through this life alone. So I have literally eight siblings. Um, My family did not watch TV. My mom and dad did not watch TV. They, they had fun. All right. So just so you know, (laughs) so it's one of those things where it's like, we don't believe in not being together. The thing is finding that right person. And, 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 and the craziest part about it is it's one of those things where it's like, when you're young and you believe in love, you want to jump in. As soon as you think it's right. It's right, right? But it, it, No, you need
0: to take Okay, time. Okay, Claudia, hold on, hold on, because you, you're leading me uh-huh. exactly where I want to go. Tell me uh-huh. what you thought marriage was before you got married.
1: So, this is the thing. Um, I ended up getting my college sweetheart pregnant. We weren't necessarily thinking about marriage at the time. And, you know, shout out to her. She's a great mom. The problem is we weren't right for each other. You know, we were just... We're in college. No, no, We're no, in, but, but that, but that,
0: and, that, and that's great background, but, but, but I'm gonna press you a little bit, okay? But mm-hmm. tell me what you thought being married was about before
1: you got married. So the craziest part is, being married to me is like uh, learning how to be with someone and raising and growing a family. That's what I think of marriage, right? Growing and raising a family. I'm not going to lie to you. I never had a picture of two people loving each other to the, to the, like, you know, like, oh my gosh. You didn't have that before? Say it again?
0: You you didn't have that picture in your head before you got married?
1: No. I had a picture of raising a family together. Okay. Okay. Because in the Haitian household, and you could ask anybody, and you know, you're from Brooklyn, you get it they'll tell you straight up, we don't say I love you all the time. Like we just start saying that in like 2005, you know what I mean? Yo, we just start saying I love you in like 2007 or five or something like that. So so honestly, it was more like, no, two parents, they will beat you. When you talked about, you know, your child getting beat, but it was from your family. It was from your
0: family, yes.
1: Not from a stranger, not from... Yeah, so we'll we'll get into that later. However, we raised our families right. We came together, and even if mom and dad didn't always get along, we made sure that we were co-parenting and we were going through things. It takes a village. Right. So that's what I envision, even when you got married, is two people that loved each other enough to procreate. And then they made sure these children became successful um, and we grew, we grew and raised a
0: family. Yeah. Right. You know, listen, I'm, I'm, I'm here for all of that. And I guess, and I guess the reason I'm, I'm, I'm plumbing this line the way I am is because I know that a marriage didn't work out. And so, Mm -hmm. and so, and so what I, what I, what I, what what I'm trying to ascertain is what do you wish you had known about being married and being with someone, or even about yourself before you got married?
1: Um, that's a good question. And I think part of it is, experience is the best teacher. And a lot of times, you know, my grandma would say to me and rest, rest her soul, she just passed away, measure twice, cut once, right? Meaning you need to understand like as a young person, our brains don't even fully develop till we're 25, 26 years old. So we're making decisions and we're cutting and we're we're doing permanent. We're making per- permanent decisions on temporary feelings. Hmm. You need to understand, like, experience is the best teacher. Go through things and then you can say, hey, I've been through that. I didn't like how that felt. I like how that felt and then make a permanent decision. Okay,
0: Claudia, 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 hold on a second. Give me, give me, because I'm determined to get this. Give me one thing, just one thing, that you mm-hmm. wish you had known either about yourself or marriage before you got married. Just one thing.
1: Postpartum, depression. Mm. I, I, who, who knows about that? In the black community, we don't talk about mental health and mental illness. And then you're looking at someone who just had a baby and you're like, hey, baby, get dressed, you know, do your thing, and they're like, hey, I don't feel like it right now. Hmm. Or, for me as a man, you know, we're going through these motions and we're like, oh, I want to be the best dad, and I want to do these things, not realizing that some of the things that we say are insensitive. Hmm. You you don't know that. You're just like, hey, baby, you look sexy to me, and they're like, well, I don't feel sexy. Or, hey, you know what, I'm going to go this way, and you want to go that way, and instead of you know, hearing your thoughts, I was like, "I'm right,
0: you're wrong." You know, I'm like just—I like get I said. it. No, that's that. Listen, every, I'm so glad I I kept plumbing to get that answer because it, it's such an interesting and brilliant and rich response um, and unexpected. Because I, you know, you're right. We we, we don't ever talk about uh, postpartum depression and 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 what can happen when you when you're married to someone who's just had a baby, and now she's going through all of that. So, so let, let, let's fast forward a little bit, right? Because I don't, I don't want to run out of time. Um, you end up getting a divorce, right? Um, how did it change your life, your mind, your heart?
1: Um, I'm gonna be honest with you. My spiritual and my mental is the most affected by it. Mm. Because what happens is you're trying your best to be a good dad. You wanna, I'm an entrepreneur, I'm a chef. Um, and you gotta run businesses. You gotta, you gotta interact with people, but you constantly have dad guilt. You constantly have guilt. Like, oh my gosh, I left this baby and this person. And I want, like, I'm constantly thinking of ways like, oh my gosh, what do I do? Like, how do I, and then now you gotta start to try to date, Hmm. you know? Like, and it's just like, how do you balance that? Hmm. There's, there's, There's a balance that we just don't have. We don't have the book. And that's why I'm I'm open. I'm an open book when it comes to it. And I'm like, you know, there's so many challenges when it comes to trying to run a business, trying to date, trying to, you know, get out of the funk of being divorced because you feel like you failed at something.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, 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 that's rich. That's rich. So what was the hardest part for you?
1: Um, I want to say coping. Hmm. Coping with a failed relationship that was supposed to be I have children and I have, you know, a house with this person. And then the coping way, guess what we do? We smoke and we drink. Yeah. So I ended up drinking and smoking a lot. Like, you know, thinking like, okay, I want to escape this feeling. But at the end of the day, you got to deal with it. Yeah. There's no, you can't get around that. Yeah. And so imagine trying to run your life and balance your life. But still trying to deal with, you know, you done with with sex, drugs, alcohol. Yeah. You know, these are real things.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so here's an interesting question for you, at least I think it's interesting. So yeah. right right after the divorce, mm-hmm. and, and be be radically honest, right? Right after the divorce, what were you telling yourself about women?
1: So for me it was like I felt Hurt in the sense that I left, you know, this woman, but I also felt like this person did not pour into me like I needed to. And so what I was saying to myself is like, it's it's Venus and Mars, right? What is it? Uh, men and women are like Venus to Mars or Mars and Venus, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. It's like, you just don't get me. You just don't get my makeup. You just don't understand what I'm going through. And I'm sure... You know, it's, it's the same, vice versa. And like, yo, you can never understand. So now I, I start to put that on the next person, right? Yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah. Say, say, say a little more about that. Because I'm just saying, like,
1: you know, you start to, you know, even if you like someone, even if you start dating, you start to say, oh, my gosh, this person is just going to hurt me. Mm. It's just a matter of time before I hurt them or they hurt me. Mm. And so now you start to really, you know, you, you're skeptic. You're you're a skeptic. Make mm-hmm. make
0: Claudia, make eye make statements. I'm skeptic. Own it.
1: I'm a skeptic. I'm a skeptic. Mm-hmm. And and I'm gonna be honest. And and it's hard for someone to love you when you're jaded and you're scolded and hurt.
0: To love me. Kind of, to love me. Say to that love me.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And 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 so it's and we're what there's no like I love romanticism. I love going out on dates. I love doing certain things. But at the same token, it's just like I'm gonna do it. And I'm like, you know, it's just a matter of time before this person hurts
0: me. Yeah. Yeah. Listen, listen, man, Uh, you're giving us so much, so much. Um, I got to take this break. Uh, But but when when we come back, I I, want to talk about this some more, because there are a lot, a lot of us right now because we've been hurt. We view other people who didn't hurt us, by the way, through the lens of that hurt. It happens. All right. That's 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 right. It's just natural. It just happens. What can we do about it? That's what we're going to figure out when we come back. We'll be right back. Welcome back, everybody. I'm talking to my brother, Claudie Pierre, and we are having, uh, I think, a remarkably interesting conversation. And when we left off, uh, Claudie, we were talking about, you know, the experience that a lot of people go through and deal with. And that is using what happened to be the measure or the means by which you ascertain and judge what you're dealing with and who you're dealing with now. And so, um, and I think that's very common and very, and very, very, uh, practice is very common and, 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 and used all the time. Uh, but, Claudia, I want to ask you a two pound, a, a compound, a two pound, a compound question. OK, so it's one question in two parts. And I'm doing this intentionally because I think I think once you hear the first part, it'll kick in what the what the second part is going to do to you. Here it is. And, I, and I'm asking about you. Right. And your answer, I want your answer to apply to you. Do you ever think it's a good idea to take your worst experience and to use it as a ruler to measure the best of somebody else? Okay, that's one. And do you also use the good parts of what you went through when you were married to measure people as well? You get it? I do. Okay, so let's do with the first one. Is it ever a good idea to take the, the, some of the worst of your experiences and use them as a measuring stick or ruler to determine the best of somebody else? Absolutely. Say more.
1: Absolutely, because I'm going to tell you this right now. I now know through experience what I don't want. Mm. I know, like, coming into the house whatever is going, like we have to communicate properly. And listen, this goes to another theory that I have and I don't even think we got enough time to talk about this. So we could bring it up later, but I don't believe that under 35 years old, you need to be thinking about marriage. Mm -hmm. And that's a whole different thought process, okay? And the reason why I say that is because you have to know how to communicate, openly communicate, um, and effectively communicate, not just communicate. Because people are like, communication is my biggest thing. No, not just communicate, effectively communicate. That's one. Two, I'm gonna be honest with you. As a young man in my 20s, I had no idea to even think about what a young woman feels or thinks. And I didn't care, I didn't know.
0: Mm. So
1: I would say things that literally would be hurtful and think like, yeah, I'm right, you're wrong. Mm. Just like that just like
0: that so when you're so when, so so when you're sizing up a woman right to determine whether or not she ought to be in your life for a season or for a lifetime, what are some of the things you're looking for that 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 would concern you? what concerns you to, to if you saw this, you would be concerned
1: How you deal with your family How you deal with your family long term how How are you with your mom, dad, brothers, sisters? how are you with people that are in your life? How do you interact with them? How do you literally forgive? How do you, how, do you, how do you play ball with them? That is one of the biggest things because you gotta remember, like, we're not perfect. None of us are perfect, but this is who God put in your life. This is what the good Lord said, hey, you know what, I'm giving you. How do you interact with them? And I, and I always say when people are, are very um, mean and spiteful to them, it says a lot about who you are and how you're gonna treat anybody
0: else in your life. Mm. So, you know, I I think I there's great merit to what you just said, by the way. Because I, I I do think that how you treat the people you're already dealing with will in large part determine how you treat me. I'm I'm not that special, right? That I'm all of a sudden you're gonna be you're gonna be so kind to me and you no. hate for everybody else. No, I think there's great merit to that. Um but let but let's peel back the onion, okay? Because yeah. and, I, and I don't want you to answer this from your head, because you give me a lot of head answers tonight, and, I, and I've, I've let you get I've let you get away with it, because I I want, I want the world to see a black man shine. I got yeah. it, but so yeah. so you shine tonight. But take the cape off for a second, all right? And let's 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 go let's 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 give me a hard answer. When it, when you strip it all away, what are you most concerned will happen if you get connected to the wrong woman again?
1: Just being alone. I don't want to be alone. I don't believe like, and I said it in the beginning. I don't believe that this journey, this life journey, is meant to be um, done walking with just one set of footprints. You know, like you. I believe in my heart that, like, even just bouncing back ideas from one another, and you no, know, I, I love marriage. But i think people don't think of marriage they think of the wedding day they think of who's going to walk in the wedding they think about who's the caterer come back
0: come back to your heart Claudia. you're going up in your head say in your heart say, uh, say in i'm your just heart. saying
1: i don't want to be alone there. just being with you yeah no no that that, alone. that like i i have lived alone for the first time this is the first time in my life i lived. i have eight siblings plus like really i got like 16 siblings with cousins and neighbors but i got eight siblings I have never lived alone in my life. Mm. My fraternity brothers are my roommates. I have had children, girlfriend, whatever. the case. I have never lived alone till now. Mm. And I, I don't like it. Mm. And that's my, that's my truth. I come home and I got a little puppy and I'm chilling and I'm just like, what the hell is life? Like? You know what I mean? Like, I want someone there when I get there to talk to and bounce ideas off of and say, hey, this is what happened. I don't want to be alone, and I'm not afraid to say it. And I'm not gonna lie, I'm a sucker for love. I want that. I want somebody to be like, "Hey, what, what we doing? I already cooked." Or, "Hey, babe, you want to cook?" I like that. Mm-hmm. I don't. I don't want to go home and be like, "There's nothing to eat," and I'm making noodles and noodles. That's not. That's not what's up. Mm-hmm. That's reality. No, no, look, that
0: that's rich, and that's and that that's exactly where I want. I wanted to have this conversation at the level that you just gave me. Um, because I want people to get a sense, not just of your journey, but also your heart. Right, that in spite of whatever mistakes you made uh, in 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 the past, that you've matured into a person who really understands and values it differently. I'm running. I'm running out of time. So there's one thing I want to do. Okay, un- un- unless there's something you feel you absolutely have to say.
1: Yeah, I, I just feel like for the men out there, and I, that's all I can speak to, young men, you don't have to rush into love. You just need to keep making having experiences. That, that literally give you the wisdom to be with the right person and to see the right person and to hear the right person and to accept the right person and let them be them. But at the same time, go through experiences. Don't rush and say, I gotta be with you. And I gotta do this. Like really take your time because it's worth it. Yeah. It's worth it at the end of the day. Yeah. You wanna be with someone alone is not happy. I'm not gonna lie to you. I miss my kids. I miss like, I have dad guilt. It's bad. You know what yeah. I mean? Like
0: I don't like that. Though. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm totally out of time, but I'm going to I'm going to go over because I want to do this. OK, um, I know I know you want to be married again. You want relationship again. And I believe that you're going to have it because because, you know, when 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 the heart is ready, love will show up. Um, so so let's do this real quick and, I, and let, let's do, try to do it in about about 30 seconds. Um, your future wife is out there watching right now. She's watching right now. She's watched this whole interview and she is enthralled with your smile, your candor, your wisdom, all of that. 30 seconds. Before, before she even shows up, while she's still listening, what do you want to say to her, your future wife?
1: Um, spiritually, mentally, emotionally, physically. Tune in, connect with yourself, with God, because you can't pour from an empty cup. So if you're filled and you're doing your thing, that's who I need. I don't, I can't imagine being with someone who's empty and needs to be filled. What
0: do you want to tell
1: her about you? I mean, I'm one of those guys that wants to be connected physically, spiritually, mentally, emotionally, and I'm going to connect with you and I'm going to use myself being connected to God to pour in. And I'm a leader. I want to lead and I want you to follow. And I want to follow you when you tell me that, you know, this is this is what I need.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Listen, I got to go. Um, but to Claudie's future wife. I'm going to help you, Claudie. <laughs> I'm going to help you. <laughs> to Claudie's future wife. This is not this, this is not for me. This is for Claudie. But Claudie's future wife. He's made some mistakes. He hasn't always been right. perfect, right? But he's he's he's, he's, he, he's come around that mountain. Right. Put, put me and Claudia on the screen together. He's come around <laughs> that mountain and he's become a better version of himself. And that and that and that what you want to let her know is that you are not the kid you used to be. You're not even yeah. the husband you used to be. What you right. want her to know is that what the enemy meant for evil, you've turned it and worked it for your good. What, 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 what you want her to know is that you may not have a million dollars, but you got wisdom and wisdom is what you get when you don't get what you want. And you come to the table with wisdom. You come with temperance. You come with strength and you come with balance. And what you want her to know is that when she shows up, you won't have to get ready. Because I'm ready. Come on now. I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> hey,
1: Doc, I'm not gonna lie, Doc. You 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 preaching. <laughs>
0: That's what I do, man. Listen, thank you for being on, Claudie.
1: Yeah, man. Thank you for having me and thank you everybody for tuning
0: in. Yes, 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 everybody. Don't go nowhere. I'm gonna talk a little more, pull a little more wisdom out of this on the other side, and then we're gonna do some Ask Dr. Sean. Right after this, people. Welcome back, everybody. So you uh, you listened to that conversation. You watched me uh, talk to Claudie. And um, I got an aha moment from it. Play the bumper, people. Yeah, so here's the aha moment for me from that conversation. And what I think would also apply to you is that sometimes we are ready for what we want, but we're not able to articulate the readiness the way fully being ready requires. Because I think in the conversation, where, I, where part of the conversation where I wanted him to talk to his future wife, he immediately went to you know talking about what he wanted for her. And all of it was good stuff, by the way. Most of it was good stuff, right? And then I changed directions and had him talk about himself as a matter of introduction. And That was a bit more challenging, because sometimes we don't think that what we have been through negatively is actually the thing that prepares us and qualifies us for the very thing we're praying and waiting for. And at the end of that conversation, all I was really trying to do was to get him to see that you are uniquely prepared to be with someone, not because you succeeded, but because you failed. It was your failure, it was your divorce that makes you worthy of the woman that you believe and desire and want to have. And that's an aha moment, because sometimes you have to fail so that you can win. Sometimes you gotta lose so that you can ultimately have victory. And sometimes you gotta hurt so that you can appreciate what healing really feels like. Yeah. All right, let's do some ass, Dr. Shawn, people. Play the bumper, Vicente. Yes, yes, yes. Shout out to Hailey, wherever Hailey is, right? We miss Hailey. It's part of our family. All right, you guys always send me great videos. This one is no different. Let's take a look at it.
1: Hey, Dr. Sean, it's Micah. I have a question. If a girl you're dating asks you to pay her rent, is that a deal-breaker? <laughs>
0: oh, well, of course, it depends on how long you've been dating them. It depends on what stage you guys are in. Um... So, those variables count, okay? Somebody you've been dating for a couple of years asks asks you to pick up a a month worth of rent because they don't have the money for it. That's not a red flag. I mean, you've been dating for five years or three years or two years, right? Um, But someone you've just met, somebody you've been dating for a matter of weeks or months, and they're asking you to pay their rent, that's probably an indication that something may not be, something's wrong. That they may not be there simply for you, if you know what I mean, okay? They may be there for the benefits. And I'm not talking about the horizontal mamba benefits that you do in the bedroom. I'm talking about the financial benefits. Um, But here's the other thing, okay? I think that when people uh, ask you to do something that you feel that you're not entirely comfortable with, you should tell them no right away. If you're not comfortable with it, then don't put yourself in a position where you end up doing something that you resent or regret later on. And if somebody leaves you because you wouldn't pay their rent, then what have you lost? You surely didn't lose any money. <laughs> and you probably didn't lose someone who cared about you. Because it's not love until somebody says no and the other person is still able to continue with the relationship. I just wouldn't advise that you do anything that's going to make you feel seriously some type of way um, just because you feel like you're obligated to do it. If you don't really want to do it, then don't do it. And you may have your, just just like they have their reasons for asking, you have your reasons for saying no. Now, if you decide to do it, then you don't get to act like somebody victimized you. You don't get to act like somebody seduced you into doing it. You decided to do it. So you have to deal with all that comes along with that, okay? Okay. And I don't think there's a rule for this. I don't think, you know, I, I do think time and the, and the amount, may, you know, if, if it's outside of your capacity to afford, that's, that's an easy answer, easy answer. If you've been dating for a month, then that's, to me, that's an easy answer, too. So I don't think there's a rule for this. I think follow your heart and your feelings. And the fact that you are asking me this question tells me that you have a problem with this. You're not 100% on board. And if you're not 100% on board, don't do it. Don't do it. And simply be able to tell people, I don't really feel good about doing this. And so I'm going to pass on this. And, you know, I'm sorry if, you know, if if this puts you in a, uh, continues to put you in a bad situation. But it's not a situation that I created. And I'm not going to be able to to do that for you. I just think a lot of people need to learn how to say no. Okay? Because saying yes to somebody you should say no to will get you in a hell of a lot of trouble. That was good gonna take a break people we're right back right after this during the break i was checking out serena to see how she was doing you guys know this is her last professional tennis tournament she's up 2 one people but don't y'all watch that yet stay right here because i got some more ask dr sean to give to you somebody dm'd me this question since my husband turned 50 he has become sexually adventurous and wants to have sex in public I love his enthusiasm, but his desire to be a risk taker when it comes to our sex life is too much for me. I want to fulfill all his desires, but I am uncomfortable having sex in public. How do I tell my husband that he is turning me off? Okay, well, um, okay, before you tell him how you feel about what he's asking, why don't you have a conversation about why he's asking it? Where, what, where is it coming from? What, what, what sort of fantasy, wish fulfillment, desire fulfillment does having sex in public provide for him? Because there may be another way to do it, right? But you'll never know it if you don't ask more questions about where is this coming from? What does it do for you? Is it the rush? Is it the risk? What about the risk? Um, you know what I'm saying? You got to really start to ask questions and listen without judging or without the need to sort of jump in and give him your opinion just take a bunch of information in. Because I say it again, you guys may be able to fulfill that side of what he's experiencing without having sex in public. Like, like literally out in public, right? You know, so yeah, there may be other ways to do it. Like, go to a hotel and have the windows open when you're having sex. It's not in public, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But a little bit. I'm just saying. I wouldn't, I wouldn't just, you know, sort of shut it down before I at least tried to figure out what's going on. Okay. Cause you don't just turn 50 and then all of a sudden you just, I just want to, I want to have sex in the park. It's kind of not how it goes. Something else seems to be going on and you need to know what it is. And, I, and I'm not saying that whatever's going on is negative. It may not be negative at all. It may be the maturation, the evolution. You need to understand it. At least give him the opportunity to express that part of him verbally so he can at least feel understood. Now, you ask me specifically, how do you tell him that, you know, this thing is turning you off? Well, I think you do it very delicately because you don't want to lose your marriage or lose your husband over a conversation about public sex. Marriages and relationships ought to be a lot bigger than sex, right? Now, sex is an important part of it, but if that's all you got and if that's the deal breaker... And I don't know what you call that. I, I certainly wouldn't call it a very successful marriage that's going to have longevity built into it. So however you decide to tell him, this is not something you're interested in doing, I suggest you do it with kindness and empathy, and I suggest you do it only after he has felt like he has been hurt. Because what you don't like isn't more important than what he's choosing to desire. Both of these things are very important what you don't want to do and what he's asking you to try to do and become. Both, neither one of you should treat the other's manifestation or presentation or question or disposition as something offer and irrelevant. You both have significant things to say. If you say them with kindness, if you say it with a sense of understanding that the relationship is bigger than having sex or wherever you have sex, then even if you don't agree on this, you still can't agree that your marriage should go forward. And then if you want you get into some professional help counseling, to really sort of dig in to why he is asking, but also dig in to why you are resisting. I'm just saying, that has a history too, right? Why are you uncomfortable with it? All of these things are important things to discover. And I'm asking you to do the work before you just make a decision. I think we give people our conclusions without giving them the work we put into creating those conclusions and that's how we lose people so good luck with that okay I think y'all will be all right in the great scheme of things this doesn't seem like a really big deal for me but I'm praying for you all right have we got another video yes okay good let's let's watch the video hi dr. Sean. my name is Leticia slaughter I'm from sunny Fresno California and I have one question for you now here we go how can I prepare myself for love when I've been celibate for such a long time? And one more thing before I go. What do you think God would tell me right now um, with this question? Let me know. Peace. <laughs> oh, where's two, three with you, Dito? Um, short answer. I don't think God is, I, first of all, I don't know what God thinks about much of anything, okay? I don't think for God and God doesn't whisper in my ear and tell me what he's thinking. Um, but I'm hoping God has better things to think about than celibacy or sex. Because if God don't have better things to think about, I'm worried about God. Now, to answer your question, I, I, last time I used this word, I got in trouble. Um, I think you should pleasure yourself first. <laughs> Rediscover what you like. That's a a good way to say it, right? Before you get out there, you know? I don't know. What is God thinking about what I'm saying right now? (laughs) Thank you for tuning in tonight, everybody. Thank you, Claudie, for being here. Remember, your hurt can be the very thing that makes you heal for somebody else. Learn the lesson. Pull the good out of it. All right? Y'all be good to each other, okay? I'll see you soon, real soon. And remember, I love you. Can't help it. Hmm.
1: You can stay one step ahead of Stinky. And for bigger jobs, try the superior strength of hefty large black bags.
0: Long weekends are all about getting a little
1: you time. And at the Home Depot, you time means you building, you drilling, you doing, you recharging, you
0: saving, and you going back for more. Do Labor Day your way. And get a free 18-volt battery with select Milwaukee Power Toolkit purchases at the Home Depot. How doers get more done.